welcome to Tezos in Asia, a series featuring and showcasing the growing Tezos communities in Asia. I'm your host, Joyce Yang, founder of Global Point Research. Follow me in my journey in exploring and meeting the various Tezos communities in Korea, Japan, Southeast Asia, China, and more. Learn about the crypto happenings in each of these countries, the cultural backdrop and regulatory frameworks, and what these communities are doing locally. In this very first episode, I'm in Seoul, Korea, attending a Tezos Korea conference and learning about the background and the history of these Tezos communities from two involved members. I speak to Arthur Brightman, founder of Tezos, and Diego Olivier Hernandez Pons, a former Tezos Foundation board member and currently scientific advisor of Tezos Southeast Asia. In this first conversation, I speak with Arthur about the importance of having a global presence for Tezos, and I ask him for some of his thoughts on the communities. But before that, we had Arthur just give a quick introduction of himself, as well as Tezos and the community. My name is Arthur. You know, my, my background, I, I studied math and physics. Uh, I worked in, uh, in finance for a long time. It was, uh, I, I was a quant, worked on high-frequency trading. I then, uh, I worked a little bit in, uh, in robotics. I was working at uh, Quimo, which is Google's self-driving car or Alphabet, I should say, a self-driving cars division. So that was a, a nice change before uh, really just uh, uh, jumping full-time on uh, on Tezos. And uh, the, the project itself, so Tezos is a, um, I would say it's a, it, it's, it's, it's a cryptocurrency and it's a smart contract platform. And the uh, originally the problem it really uh, tries to address is a question of governance in cryptocurrencies. And sometimes people will say like, oh, it adds governance, but it doesn't add governance. The, every project has governance. It can be explicit, but it's always there. Mm-hmm. There's always a form of governance. And um, the idea was instead of trying to have uh, rough consensus and implicit governance, which I think can devolve into handing out a lot of power to uh, a few people, the idea was to have explicit governance, starting with a simple mechanism uh, on chain-based voting, and then progressively, people, uh, and then progressively improving the governance, uh, improving the methods by which protocol evolves. And that's, I think, buys you both. I think it, you can strike a good balance between being agile and being able to evolve and make changes, and between having security and stability. So that was the, uh, that's, I, I would say that's your original impetus for the project. And how do you see these communities evolve? By their nature, blockchains are pretty global. I think that's what makes them interesting is that they are borderless and that's very valuable. However, I think that, you know, from a human perspective, we're still local creatures. Uh, we interact with people around us, uh, in our local communities. And so, I would say that having local chapters of the, of the project, local places where uh, people can meet and discuss, I think, is very important in order to uh, to foster uh, adoption, education, and uh, understanding of the uh, of the project. And as a reminder for our listeners, we're here in Seoul, Korea, for a Tezos conference organized by Tezos Korea. Yeah, we're here in Korea, and the event has a great turnout, as yeah. well as a great energy, and people asking questions about very technical things like you're speaking about. What do you think of the communities here? 
Oh, man. man. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've had, uh, so far two trips to Korea and two trips to Japan. Mm-hmm. So I'm speaking from limited experience. But, yeah, you know, everyone I've met has been great. And, uh, I had a, yeah, you know, I, I, I really enjoy, yeah, the communities that I've met, uh, members that I've met in, uh, in both places. You know, what I, what I like is, uh, the self-organization has been, you know, like, you know, there, there are now, uh, foundations in many different, uh, countries in Asia. Yeah. And that's really exciting, uh, like really like taking the, uh, the matters into their own hands and like, moving things forward. So that's always, uh, I think that's really impressive to see. What's your general observation of the Korean community versus the rest of the communities that you have um, seen and visited? Yeah, what, what, I, what I noticed is that the, uh, the materials which have been produced by the Korean community have been generally very high quality. You know, I think like the events are always very well organized. The infographics that came out of uh, Korea have also been superb. I also see that, you know, something which is new now that I wasn't there last time was um, trying to have more uh, partnerships with universities for research. So it's a burgeoning ecosystem. What's your vision for these communities? I mean, what matters is their vision. Yeah. <laughs> Not my vision, but... Uh, how do you support that vision and how do you envision the foundation to continue to support that vision? At the end of the day, you know, one thing I really like is, um, is meetups. Uh, when I, when I moved to New York 13 years ago, uh, 14 years ago, actually, I didn't know many people and I went to these meetups. And, uh, what I found great about meetups is that you could find meetups on any topic you wanted. And so, and that was really cool. And for example, you could go to a machine learning meetup or you could go to a science meetup. You could, and I created one myself. I had like a libertarian meetup, for example. You know, in some sense, what I hope to see in the future is that you basically have these meetup groups or Tezos or these different community groups or Tezos, and, you know, there's no rule in what they have. There's no rule in what they have to be. It's just a lot of people who are interested in it and want to discuss it. And, you know, there, there would be, a, I guess it would be a mix of people who are using it, people who are building, you know, people who are uh, building applications on it, people who are doing research around it, people who want to change a protocol, all of this, you know, interest kind of like spread out across the world and loosely coupled. And do you see that the Asian communities making up a large percentage of the participants of these communities? I mean, it's a large percentage of the world, so right. yes. <laughs> I think that's a very much on tap market that a lot of um, projects haven't really pay attention to or think about in the way that yeah. you guys have been thinking about it. I think that yeah, I, I get the sense that maybe some projects... Basic, a lot of projects seems to be local, like they start in one region and then, you know, the, the participants only focus on that region as opposed to looking across the world. And so I get a feeling sometimes that maybe, you know, maybe some people in Europe are going to look at European projects and the people in Asia are going to look at, at like Asian projects. But, you know, there's no, there's no reason it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this way. I agree. And do you have any advice for, you know, I think even project leaders and CEOs who need to think about projects their project globally you know, right? one, because one, one thing I, yeah one thing I say I think about often is uh, there was a social network called Orkut that was launched by Google and it was randomly huge in Brazil who knows why Brazil yeah and I don't know exactly why it was huge in Brazil but it could just be um, randomly that you know um, they found product market fit they, they, they had product market fit and a lot of people were there and then all of a sudden all of Brazil was in Orkut and there you go you have a social network and I've always thought that you know you never, you, maybe you, you know, you, you create something and you, and, you, and you don't know necessarily where it's going to stick or, or, or who your best audience is going to be. And 
being in many jurisdictions, many, many countries, I think it's, uh, it, it's a good approach to work towards that. And, uh, I, I guess one thing that, one advice I would be is like, don't overlook it in any locale. They are, you know, you, you don't know where your users are uh, necessarily going to be. But in that respect, I think that we could be doing a little better with uh, localization of, uh, of documents. I think it's important to be uh, available in many languages. I know that there's uh, transition efforts so that uh, Tezos Korea does and Tezos Japan does. I often see uh, material about Tezos in Korea or in Japan on the web. So in Japanese on the web. So that's, uh, that's great. I guess I see, I'm also biased because of the me, uh, of the, uh, the media that I read because like, you know, I, I read mm-hmm. Twitter mm-hmm. and, but like, I don't, I'm not often on Telegram, so I'm probably missing out on a lot of Russian <laughs> exchanges. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm not on Kakao, so I'm missing out on, uh, on uh, yeah, it's tough. I think the answer to that is that it's decentralization. Is that, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't know enough about Korea, but the people in Korea, they know about Korea. And so I think it's great if they're empowered yeah. uh, to make decisions locally. Next, I speak with Diego and learn about the various Tezos communities and how they're set up locally. Diego was a longtime Tezos Foundation member and now scientific advisor of Tezos Southeast Asia. Let's hear what he has to say about the Tezos communities and how they're set up. There are Tezos communities all around the world, and these communities had already organized by themselves before even getting any kind of support from the Tezos Foundation. They were organized in the form of meetups, in the form of uh, small events, uh, very often forums and things like that. And uh, out of those, all those organizations, uh, there are a couple of them that decided to uh, move one step higher in the, the legal form, okay, in such a way that they can be uh, supported with funds from the Tesis Foundation. Okay. When the Tesis Foundation sends funds to any organization, they expect to have an organization in front that needs to have accounting, that needs to have auditing, that needs to have a, a legal organization. They cannot just send money to five guys sitting in a bar. So out of all the um, tennis organizations, informal organizations that they were around the world, there are five that made the effort of uh, creating a legal entity to support them. And those are Tezos Commons Foundation in the United States and here in Asia, in order of uh, in order of appearance, uh, Tezos Korea was the first one to organize itself. After that, it was probably Tezos Japan, Tezos Southeast Asia, and the last one is uh, Tezos Hong Kong China. And now all these organizations have uh, a legal framework uh, on which they operate. They have their own. Uh, most of the time they're organized as foundations, which means that they have their own board members that are, are local, that they have their own team whose job is to organize events that can be um, events for the community, that can be research and development related events, partnership with universities, uh, trainings of all type of events. And uh, so that's, that's, that's the, those are the things big five uh, communities that are organized, and there are many small other organizations around the world. There are a couple of uh, associations, okay, and there are also a lot of informal organizations. Uh, so many that actually don't know them all. 
How have you seen the communities evolve in the last year? I think now the communities are getting solidified. There are more presence in these local regions. What I think is remarkable is that the communities have developed themselves locally in the sense that Tezos Korea is an organization that is purely Korean. They decided to work with their local universities, so they passed agreements with the local universities. They convinced industrials, they convinced uh, lawmakers, they convinced different figures to join, Korean figures to join this uh, Korean community. That is very good because it gives the, the local support that local users need. Okay. Uh, in the sense that when you're a local company and you want to use Tezos, you will feel much more confident if you have in front of you people that speak the same language, that are that have the same cultural background, that know how business is done in Korea, that work with local universities that will be able to train engineers that you can hire later. Immediately, that's an industrial environment that is much more robust and much more comfortable than being working with companies that are all around the world, where you have to work with American engineers because that's the only ones that they have, and you have to send them from overseas here, and those type of things. So it's really much better for local industries to have a local community and uh, all the local communities have developed themselves locally. Uh, same thing for Southeast Asia that has a board of uh, Singaporean members. Same thing for Japan that works with uh, uh, local uh, Japanese uh, technical people, uh, marketing board members, industrials, etc., etc., etc. So that allows the uh, Tegasus ecosystem to develop first organically and also to have a better development because they know better what is the best for their industry, their country, and their way of managing all that. Yeah. Okay. So that's very good. Yeah. Is there anything particular about the Korean community that you find very unique, what these guys are doing here versus the other communities since we're here in Korea? Each community has, because of its leaders, because of the... Uh, the type of network that they have, it has a different orientation. Um, Tesla's Korea is very good at doing events. Okay, the events are uh, very high quality. Uh, everyone is impressed by uh, uh, the events that they, 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 that they make okay? and the visibility that they achieve with those events. Tesla's Japan is very industrial. Mm-hmm. Okay? in the sense that they have contacts with uh, a lot of uh, industrial groups, yeah. which is very surprising okay, to see how much traction they have uh, in the industry. Want to hear more? In the following episodes, we'll be speaking to Tezos Korea and a number of other communities. We'll go into detail about what's going on in these local communities and how each of them are organized. To learn about Tezos and the Tezos communities, make sure to check out the website links listed below and follow Tezos on Twitter, spelled T-E-Z-O-S. This podcast is produced by Global Coin Research. 